Welcome to Concerning the Spiritual in Art, a podcast exploring spirituality, consciousness, and the creative process. I'm your host, Martin Benson. All right, y'all, welcome back to the podcast. Another just mind-blowing episode to share today with artist Leah Wynn. Um, She's a visual artist based in Seattle, Washington. Um, Her work is deeply spiritual and deeply connected to a process that might be unfamiliar to a lot of people out there. She channels her work through her connection to various spirit guides um, that help her make decisions through her art making process to make these kind of soul patterns and healing patterns that she does. Um, She talks a lot about how that process works, kind of really breaks it down and kind of uh, grounds it a little bit for us, for people who might not be familiar with channeling and what that entails. And it's really, really fascinating stuff. And our conversation talked a lot about the work that she does around healing the land and various landscapes, but also the soul portrait she does for people, along with talking about sort of bigger ideas and, and spirituality and art. We really get deep into some philosophical notions related to duality, related to healing trauma, related to sort of like uh, colonialist and patriarchal histories, um, just a lot of places that this conversation wove through. And it really tied all back together to this notion of community and connection and um, sort of taking ownership over our own spiritual um, evolution so that we can all play a part in healing this planet. Um, and so I think you're going to get a lot of inspiration from it, whether you're an artist or you're not an artist, um, or you don't identify as an artist. Um, I think you're going to get a lot from it. I know I did. I think that, um, she has a lot of amazing insights to share and, um, I'm still kind of reeling after our conversation, thinking about a lot of the little nuggets of wisdom and, uh, sort of thoughts that she brought that has gotten me really thinking. Um, so I hope it gets you thinking too, and hopefully feeling as well. Um, so without further ado, here's uh, Leah Wynn. All right. Welcome to the podcast, Leah. How are you doing today? Hi. Uh, I'm so happy to be here with you. Yeah. Thanks for joining me from uh, Seattle early in the morning, you know. But Absolutely. It's, it's a great way to start our morning, you know, being able to talk about yeah. these things that we really both love. And um, one thing that really I connect so deeply with you on in terms of art making is this idea of how art can be a gateway for like cultivating, expressing, and transmitting like higher levels of of consciousness or transcendence. And I have my own sort of experience and like how these, these qualities sort of play out. But I'm curious from your experience with the work that you do and um, the way you approach it, like what are your thoughts on that idea? And like, how do you see it play out in your process as an artist? Wow. Um, yeah, I, the, so I work, um, each of my paintings is made in collaboration with, with spirit. Um, mm-hmm. I call it conscious collaboration with spirit because I never check out of, you know, the, like I'm not in a trans a trance state or, um, like my conscious mind is very much part of the conversation. So um, I um, I really see that guidance as being um, incredibly actually practical and useful in my life. 
um, and um, and useful in creating the patterns and creating patterns that fit an intention and a healing intention. So um, I each of my paintings has a very specific intention, whether it's to embody the gifts of a soul or to heal um, uh, intergenerational wounds or to, um, to heal a place and to kind of release the human trauma or um, the things that have happened in that place um, to heal the land. Um, and so the intention um, is often about like gratitude and healing and like embodying the essence of a place. Mm. The patterns end up then both helping to being a healing tool and then also um, basically being an energetic template to um, that like it, it tunes us and yeah. it, it, it's an energetic template that allows us to like that brings us into like the like new possibilities and ways of being right so I see the patterns as being kind of midwives to this moment that we're in where we you know everything is changing um and all these layers of trauma and healing like to be healed are coming up through the earth through our bodies mm -hmm. and um and the patterns are really um, there to support that process um, to make it to ease it and to make it um, to allow us to go as deep as we can to go as you know connected up and down yeah. um, and, and all the, all that um, connection and to to support us in that network of love. That's amazing. I mean, intention is like the key, right? Like if because that kind of aligns your consciousness with like not necessarily like a full on outcome, but like a direction in which you want the energy that you're going to put into what you're doing to go toward. And, um, I think, I, I think about intention a lot, not even just as an artist, but in everything that like I'm doing the decisions I'm making. And I think beginning your process with like an alignment with that intention is like so crucial. I'm curious, like, I love how you're saying like, how the, it can apply to a sense of place. Cause I know you do a lot of different things, right? You're making your own paintings, um, you know, for yourself. And then you're making them, you're making these soul portraits for other people, but then you're also doing these murals, um, in these, uh, physical spaces on land or even doing like, uh, cultivating like land installations to create healing in those spaces. And so I love like the diversity of like how you're approaching it. And this idea to me of like, changing the trauma or the resonance of a certain place through like the intention of like these these patterns and like these geometries um these creative outputs to me make a lot of sense because it's like encoded in the symmetry and in these patterns is a sense of harmony and then that harmonic quality is going to filter the dissonance that might be in a certain person or a certain place do you ever see like an outcome, like when you do, let's say one of these pieces, like in a physical place, like a location, do you ever revisit that place or ever have you heard like any sort of like anecdotal, like thoughts from other people who go to those places where you've created these patterns and these, uh, these sort of energy portals? There's a part of me that's a researcher that wishes that I could, uh, you know, <laughs> give you some, some, um, hard data there. Yeah. Um, uh, but um, I'd say the thing that I I notice is just a, a feeling sense, right? Like um, when the the patterns are installed, whether it's in an architectural space or on the land, there's something that deepens, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's um, there's a quality of um, 
you know, there's that sort of rightness of, of just like where things are lined up and yeah. it's not like it's the only right, the only right alignment, but it's, it's like, there's been a deepening and a, and a sinking in and a, um, a, a widening of the resonance. Yeah. Uh, and I think that, um, the way that I work, um, is, um, if, if you were to use the same process, you would find a completely different pattern or geometry or landscape, you know, like it would work with, with your, um, you know, like any person, even if, if, if a person did portraits, they could do use the process and they may not, you know, they wouldn't come with like a pattern geometry like I do, because that's my, my soul's lens. Mm-hmm. So I think anybody could could use this process in a landscape to create something and it would deepen the resonate resonance in that place, but it would look different, right? Because it would come through their soul's lens. Definitely. Um, And so the, the collaborative team that I work with are beings of nature, our human souls. And then my soul always, um, I have sort of a core team of collaborators. um, And what, working with beings of nature does is it allows you to create something in balance. Mm -hmm. There's, there's always going to be that balance. So, um, because nature's like evolutionary principle is balance. Um, and humans evolutionary principle is free will. And so when we work together, when there's that collaboration between free will and, and balance, there's like beautiful things happen. Yes. Um, Yeah. And, and so as the human in sort of that's calling to this team together, you know, I'm sort of like the head of the team <laughs> in that way. My intention guides it. And yeah. I, like, that's the free will piece, right? Like I decide what we're going to do. And then my team tells me how to do that thing in the, in perfect balance. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. you're, you're tapping into these like sort of deeper levels of consciousness and creativity through your connection to, would you say like higher different intelligences or spirits or like, is it more intuitive? That's like, you kind of get yourself in this intuitive space and it's more of like, like how you communicate through like intuition. Like I remember you told me a little bit about how you communicate um, with your like sort of team of, of collaborators. Could you maybe walk us through that? Cause I found it very interesting, something I've never heard of and, and fascinating to me. And I think it'd be really cool for people to hear about this. Cause it's probably something unlike they've ever heard before. Yeah. Um, I am, so I'm a, um, you know, everybody has sort of their own strengths when it comes to extrasensory perception, right? Um, I'm a kinesthetic um, person. That's like my first, the first thing. So I feel energy. Um, and, um, I did training in energy psychology and, um, Reiki and plant spirit medicine, but energy psychology is what taught me energy testing. So I use energy testing to have a dialogue and I have a 300 plus question matrix that I use. So I ask yes, no questions to my team for every step of my paintings. So you were talking about transcendental connection to spirit. And yes, I like connect to spirit. Like my team is, I connect to them. I don't see them or hear them, but I feel them. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so I ask to connect, I feel the connection. And then I ask them yes, no questions. So this looks like this. It could be number of ways. You can, you can, I'm testing an energy field. I'm testing my energy field and my energy field is connected to their energy fields. Everything has an energy field. Yes. So when I I paint on a rock, I ask that rock's permission and I'm connecting with that rock's energy, um, energy field and the rock gives me permission or sometimes doesn't give me permission to paint Mm -hmm. on it. 
I've painted little rocks before and, and like, I'll, you know, pick them up and ask them and they'll say yes or no, whether they want to be painted. You know, it's like either part of their mission or not part of their mission (laughs) to to be painted on. Right. Yeah. Um, so, um, so let me get back to energy testing. So I'm energy testing the field. Um, and, uh, it's not like I'm not, it's not about my muscles here. It's my muscles are whether if they're connected into the field, then it's, it's strong. And if they're not, it's just the strength of my muscles. Right. Yeah. So this is, this is a yes. That's when the energy, extra energy is flowing through my fingers. I can't break through that loop, no matter how hard I push on it. Wow. It's not about my muscles. And this is a no, I can't hold that loop no matter how hard I try. Right. Interesting. So, wow. I, I ask a series of yes, no questions about like everything from the density of the paint to the shape, to the size, to how it's filled. Um, yeah, really every aspect. And sometimes the question don't yield an answer. Like the answer is not on my list of 300, you know, have 300 plus <laughs> questions. It's always evolving my question matrix. When yeah. a new one comes up, I'm like, I write it down. Cause I'm wow. like, Oh, that's a good, um, but, uh, yeah, sometimes it's not on the list. So then I need to use my other uh, deeper sort of extrasensory perception. I have to use intuition. Mm-hmm. Um, I use med- sort of meditative states and like inner vision. So I will sometimes see things. And sometimes even before I start energy testing, I'll see something and then I'll ask like, is it this? And then they're like, oh, it's like almost or mm-hmm. like the team helps me um, get the information in exactly the right timing so that my conscious mind can like put it together. Wow. If that makes sense. No, it, really it does make sense. You know, I think, um, for, you know, for some people, it might make more sense than others because of experience, right? Like mm-hmm. when you have experience of like being in connection with like different kinds of energy, like you can feel sometimes the, the incredible power in them, but sometimes it can be very subtle as well. I think that's really interesting. How did you begin that process of collaboration? Like, how did you discover your connection to these um, these different sort of collaborators in your creative process? Like, when did that part of your process begin? That's a multi. It was a multi-step process. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. Um, so I started studying energy psychology. That's the foundation of it in, um, 2001, um, and, um, learned how to collaborate, um, with my soul and with another person's soul to, to guide a healing process, Mm -hmm. um, using energy testing. Um, so we would, we would, and we were navigating at the, the depth of the soul, like asking kind of like, what is the soul, you know, what's the highest priority for this soul in order for this human to heal, right? Mm-hmm. Like the human had a healing intention. They came in with their intention. And then I was the guide. And I asked, is this the most important thing for this person to, to work on what they think they need to work on? Or is there something that's foundational to this that needs to be worked on? So yeah. already looking at that, those deeper levels, and then, and working to transform trauma through, um, subtle interventions. Sometimes it was drawing, sometimes it was singing, sometimes it was tapping on the ends of the energy meridians. There was a whole, again, a matrix. So I had that, that, um, my teacher, Andrew Hahn, who does, uh, guided self-healing, he had this, you know, question matrix. So that was already like, uh, established in my consciousness as a, oh. as a way of, of working. Right. Um, so studied that for, um, two, I did two years and then, you know, like another year of practice. Um, so it was well-established. I was using energy testing all the time to communicate with at the soul level. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then um, I did a, I went to graduate school um, for social work actually. And as um, a way, a grounding practice in my art, in, in art I, and to keep myself drawing, I committed myself to doing a, a daily drawing. This was in 2007, wow. January, 2007. I was like, I'm gonna do a daily drawing um, for um, um, as a meditation for peace and just a little drawing in a single color of ink, right? Colors. That. Wow. Yeah. And they were little mandalas. And so I started doing that and, um, and I got bored like with what I was creating out of my conscious mind um, it, around um, maybe a month, two months, three months. I'm not actually sure when mm -hmm. it happened at this point. Um, but I got bored with what I was creating. I felt like I was sort of decorating. I always knew that I wanted to be creating and I've been obsessed with pattern geometries all my life, but had been really making them um, as these sort of mandala forms for a few years at that point. And I, I, got, I felt like I was sort of decorating things or like coming up with the same forms over and over. And so I was like, you know, I already know how to talk to my soul using energy testing. Why don't I just ask my soul how to make this drawing? You know, like <laughs> I, I'm going to do a year of these. I'm Bing. getting bored. <laughs> yeah. And so, wow. Um, when I did, I was just blown away. Like all of a sudden I was able to get to the depth, right? That was the, like, I knew that pattern and geometry held universal truth and yes. could, and I was frustrated with my in incapacity to, to like, to bring that forward in a consistent way. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it was like one out of five was really like felt deep and true for sure. Once I collaborated with my soul. It was like, everyone felt deep and true. I was like, oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. you know, I'm like, this is what I'm doing the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's amazing. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Wow. Is there more so, you want to share about that too? Well, because I didn't want to cut you off. But no, no. Well, it's a multi-layer process because then you asked about the guides mm -hmm. um, and how I knew to connect to them. So I was just working with my soul for a number of years from like 2007 to 2003. 13. And I started my like pieces on the ground and really like, so that I paint those in clay slip outside. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about that as like being in tune with the energy of the place and being an offering to the place and healing in that way. So I'd st I started, I was, I, you know, I was already starting to work with intention in that way, but then um, I read the works of Michelle Smallwright, who is not an artist. She's a, a nature collaborator and she has this process called a coning. Um, and um, that's the process that I use to connect to the team of guides. Um, and it was like the last piece it, it, that allowed me to connect to a broader team of guides that gave me permission to not have to see or hear the guides, but just to like ask to connect, know they're there. And really I'm like calling in a professional team. Yeah, I'm calling in the guides that are um, in charge of like that sort of have like their, their purview is what I'm, what I'm trying to work on. Right. So my intention steers who I'm connecting with. Yeah. I have a core team of guides that I always work with because they work with pattern and geometry. I work with the overlighting data of healing because all my patterns are healing. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so there's core, core guides that are always on my team. And then when I do a specific piece, I also call in other guides that are experts in that area. Wow. I don't have to know them or have a personal relationship. I just trust I like I'll I'll get I'll energy test to get the right, you know, phrasing for it, mm -hmm. but I just trust like they're there. They they want to work with me because I'm doing this work and we 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 go. 
Wow. So, yeah. That's amazing. You know, I think a lot about what you're doing in terms of like healing, like land work, like doing it in a physical, like, you know, trying to heal a certain place, you know, because I do feel like certain places hold a certain energy signature based on their histories, right? And what happened in those places. I can think, for example, um, when you go to like, I remember I, when I was in high school a long time ago, I went to um, Poland and we went to Auschwitz and we went to the concentration camp and there was an undeniable feeling in that place. Now, some people may be like, oh, that's because of your, you know, your, how you're mentally attributing what you know about the horrific situation that happened there. But it was beyond that. It was such a, it was palpable. It was like, I could feel it on the surface of my skin. I could feel it in the way that my heart was beating in the way that my breath was moving. It was, it was a very deep spiritual experience. And so for some who, you know, who have never been to that place, thinking about how could you go to a place that where the most horrific atrocities to humanity have been, you know, taken out, like, how could you say you had a spiritual experience? Well, I did because of the connection to this greater level of energy of, of suffering that took place that pointed me toward like what's beyond suffering. You know what I mean? And so like, it's, it, to me, it's, it's obvious that like places, that's just an example for people out there of like, you know, how a place can hold an energy. Um, and it can be very positive too, and it can be neutral as well. However, I also, when I think about the work you're doing, I also think about like indigenous art traditions and the kind of work that was done in, in the kind of indigenous art traditions we see around the world where they're creating, you know, earthworks and mandalas and creating these patterns in, in, in sort of certain ways in certain places. I think of like the, the Nazca's lines, or I think of like uh serpent mound, or I think of, uh, you know, um, even I think of like sand mandalas in Tibetan Buddhism, you know, or in Hinduism, like, uh, you know, in the in Vedic tradition, like doing mandalas with colored rice and flowers and, you know what I mean, doing them on earth to, to kind of create this healing resonance, bringing this intentional conscious sort of feeling there. Um, and even in like Native American cultures, like in, in the Hopi or the Navajo, like we see this in Aboriginal, like I could just keep going, like even in West African, you know, indigenous history. So like there's a rich, my point is that there's a rich history of civilization of people and certain people within these indigenous cultures, within tribes who are connected to the spiritual realms, shamans, so to speak, who can tap into these spaces and create these kinds of works for the sake of healing that space or healing the tribe. And so I look at what you're doing is sort of in your, in this 21st century way, like connecting to that lineage of, of healing art. Have you ever thought of those histories in relation to like what you're doing and like, how do you sort of like center yourself or position yourself in relation to like the indigenous wisdom traditions on the planet who kind of evoke this kind of practice and in, in their way. Yeah. Um, there's two things I want to respond to. Um, I'll answer that your last question first, but I want to bookmark, um, sort of what you were saying about the Auschwitz and the, that place as well. Um, and, having a spiritual experience in a place like that. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, thank you so much for bringing, um, 
what you were saying about traditional cultures and um, and indigenous um, culture traditions, I very much see myself in that's like, there's like, I feel like there's a two part lineage that really like um, both through my conscious awareness and energetically has supported me in doing the work that I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, I grew up in Southeast Alaska. So um, I like on the land of the Clinket people um, and um, very much, you know, like was, would walk through a park with, um, with totem poles, like, you know, carving um, every, almost every day, you know, um, and saw dancing, you know, and yeah, just saw that connection of the pattern to the land and people's like, and, you know, wearing the patterns and, um, you know, I'm now in, in, in Seattle. And so like the people here would, um, there would be, you know, the patterns are on your houses, um, like the, the pattern, the traditions, um, in Southeast India of, um, Kolam, um, that painting on the ground. I found a book of that when I was in undergrad, like it was a long time ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Back when the internet wasn't really a thing, I found a book. Go to the library. (laughs) (laughs) The Dewey Decimal System. (laughs) Yeah, I I bought it at a bookstore. It was like on sale and it was just like, oh, it was just like the beauty of it was just, yeah, um, that tradition of, um, and that that idea of painting prayers on the ground and offerings, like offerings of gratitude, like that really just resonated with me so much because um, I think because I grew up in these beautiful places um, and, you know, walking out the driveway as a kid, I would just like feel this gratitude pouring out of me for like the land. They were like, it was my solace, like uh, when there were hard things happening in my family or, um, you know, like I was going through teenagerness, <laughs> like the difficulty of that, I would just pour my heart out to the trees and like sing to them. And so there's always been this connection of like, uh, um, and resonance with um, the living systems around me. And um, I feel that, you know, most easily around my plant friends <laughs> um, and and rock friends um, and humans. I'm like, I, I can get there, but I really have to be in an open hearted space. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but um, so let's see. Yes, I definitely connected to um, traditional cultures and um, very much um, feel like so I think I. I'm, I'm getting diffused here, but what I, I want to say about that is that traditional cultures, I think, knew that patterns and geometries supported us in a multitude of ways, right? Mm-hmm. They, they supported spiritual connection. They supported, I think they literally supported our lives, you know, like in ways like, um, you know, like there's little like pattern amulets in Japan that they like they stitch on the back of children's clothing to protect them you know there's um there's way, there's all kinds of ways that patterns and the the strength of those geometries and patterns can protect our lives and you know I think that they were used to increase fertility of our mm-hmm. land and our bodies I think you know like they were they were they were utilized right and so there's a for me there's a little bit of grief um that I feel in seeing sort of mass produced like textiles and patterns that really have no like purpose, Mm -hmm. you know, like they're not, except to look nice, right? Like, um, so we've, we've, we've relegated pattern and geometry to a realm of 
of decorativeness, mm -hmm. um, which it's, you know, that's, that is a wonderful thing that it does, right? It, it pleases our eyes. And, um, and I, like, I love how my patterns look that I, that I'm working in, you know, that I create in conscious collaboration with spirit. They please my eyes too, but they're also working at these deeper levels. And by look, when I look at them, I can see it because they're surprising, right? Yeah. When I look at a pattern and I'm not surprised. I know it doesn't go very much deeper than just being fun to look at, mm -hmm. right? When I look at it and, and that's how I, I, so, um, there's sort of two lines of art ancestors that I have, like those indigenous traditions, the traditional cultures. And then um, I didn't know about them when I started creating my work, but Helma Offklint and Emma Kuntz and like, and, and other mystical sort of all these other mostly women artists that yeah. uh, started channeling and working in this way. Um, so um, I didn't know about their work until like 2015, I, you know, started doing this in 2007 and then did the soul pattern portrait at portraits of 2014. When I found their work, I was like, oh my God, I saw it. And I was like, they're doing what I'm doing. And I can yeah. tell because they're, they're, the patterns and the geometries that are creating are surprising. Yeah. And then I read about their work and I was like, damn, they are doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Oh my God. And like a hundred years before me, that's so fantastic. Yes. Like they created energetic pathway that I was able to then pick up mm -hmm. and I can do it in connection with other people, right? Like they did it in isolation. Hard, hardly anybody got to see their work. Yeah. And when they did, you know, like Rudolf Steiner went in and tried to change how Hemoth Clint was working because he wanted her to do what he was doing instead, yeah. you know, like, um, like I'm so grateful that I'm working now where I can, I can keep doing my work. I can tell people about it. And like, there's resonance there instead of it being resistance. Right. Yep. Exactly. There's a connection to like a, a history that people can be like on board with, even though like, like we said, this history is as ancient as it gets. Um, but like when, when Helma, Helma F. Klimt's show came up at the Guggenheim, it opened the door and opened, you know, opened people's minds to this kind of work in a way. Um, actually, I was talking about this on a, on another episode with another artist too, because I think we're all see that we saw that, that as like a, almost like a, a crucial moment, like the beginning of a transformation in the art world that is going to be more and more open toward what we're talking about today. And this is maybe an idealism in my mind, but I just see it like that was such, it had such impact on people that there is yeah. no question. And artists have been working this way for a long time, but they've just been shut out of certain echelons and elitist sort of circles of art, you know, but now it's like, I think those floodgates are going to start opening. And, um, and so it's a really amazing timing that we're here doing this kind of work because I think this is, it's, it's what's coming. It's still the very beginning. It's percolating, but that's, mm -hmm. that is sort of the, uh, the little tear in the fabric, so to speak, was that show at the Guggenheim. Yeah. And yeah. now once there's that tear, it's just going to open, you know, and it's all coming through. I think that's yeah. really, really special um, for you to bring that up to create. I felt the same way when I came across work, cause I was doing this kind of work you know, for many years before that show. And then I saw it, I'm like, yes, you know, like I just felt what, what she was doing. And that the fact that it had resonance was just really inspiring, you know, for me. Um, yeah. It's uh it's good timing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We are. I, I, I definitely believe that we are at a, 
a critical tipping point. And I, and I think that the way, you know, like working in collaboration with spirit, however that looks, you know, like that, like that can look an infinite number of ways, Definitely. but like, um, it doesn't, it doesn't have to look like sacred geometry, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. But, um, it, you know, we're an infinite number, we, we express like divinity in an infinite number of ways in humanity right and so there are going to be an infinite number of ways that that's going to come out as artwork um but i think that the that quality of something feeling resonant and surprising like the freshness of that i mean um i actually wrote an article on helma of clinton emma clinton's and, and talked about that, that fresh quality, like that, that, that comes from, you know, the reason their work looks fresh today and uh, is because it's done in collaboration with spirit and it's surprising, mm-hmm. right? Like in that way. And I think that there are several other artists working at the time who are also doing abstraction that I don't find their work as surprising. I'm, and, you know, Kandinsky's work is beautiful, but like, I don't find it as surprising as I find Helma of Clint's. And yeah. I think that's because he was, he was also, he was working to per, um, portray the, the spiritual dimensions, but I think he was mediating that through his conscious mind. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, when we, when we think about things, we kind of slow them down. So like that's that, like it steps down the information and Helma of Clint was like directly like, Boom. like, at that direct connection, I was like, this is what, you know, it's going to do this. Right. So, um, yeah, there's, there's something else that happens in, I think, especially those first like big works, um, where it was just real, real direct. It's interesting, you know, what you're saying, um, in terms of a couple of notes, like when you're talking about like certain qualities of patterns, like I love, like you bring up this idea of it being, surprising, you know, and not something like other than like what you'd expect. Um, and you brought this idea of decoration and it made me think of this time when I was in grad school and I was making a lot of work using pattern, doing a lot of intuitive patterning, um, within a uh, very like known sacred geometrical images as well. And I remember some of my professors were just like, this is just decoration. Like, what are you, you know what I mean? And I was like, no, it's not decoration, <laughs> you know, yes and no, you know, I remember having this like whole thing. Um, but that was, I got a lot of resistance from certain professors that I had because I was intentionally and consciously uh, expressing my spirituality through my art and talking about spiritual ideas. And um, there's definitely a split camp when I was in grad school between some professors, and others. some were like on board with what I was doing and encouraging me and others. I wouldn't say they were discouraging me that, you know, they were still lovely and amazing people. I still respect and appreciate them so much because, you know, sometimes you need that tension to like kind of really reflect inward and really know what you're doing and where you're going. But they, there was a lot of resistance Mm-hmm. Um, to me and what I was doing. And I look back on now, it was a great thing because it's gotten me to where I am now. But I do also think about this idea of masculine and feminine energies, not necessarily in gender, but in like energetic qualities. And you mentioned Kandinsky, like kind of coming through the logical, rational mind, you know, and then someone like Hilma, who was just purely intuiting and purely like uninhibited flowing with the connection with the spirit, you know? And, um, it's interesting. A lot of the guests that I'm like connecting with, it's mostly majority women. Like I find doing this kind of work, um, or people who carry like, who have this like real deep connection to the, that feminine intuitive 
energy quality. Do you see that um, at all either? Like this sort of dichotomy of masculine, feminine, not in terms of gender, but in terms of like energetic qualities. Do you know what I'm kind of referring to? I'm wondering if that's making sense. Um, I mean, I, I do think that there, I mean, most of the people that I know that are doing this work as well are, are women or, you know, queer. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think, but I don't know if that's just cause it's who I know or if it's, um, uh, but yeah, I, and I think, um, I do think that there's like that, that dichotomy, you know, like that it's just decoration. Like that's part of that. Right. Like, mm-hmm. um, there's been, you know, I mean, and, and it's also like what Western culture has done sort of colonialism has done to try to like, um, you know, lift up itself, you know, with that ideal of like, you know, white marble statues, Greek mar- mar- marble statues that, you know, once were polychromed, right? But mm-hmm. but color was stripped away, you know, like color is seen as too frivolous or feminine. It's all, you know, it's like, and, and it's what's associated with um, develop, you know, with, with countries that, and, and cultures that were colonized. Yeah. They're, you know, like pattern and color were like the realm of, of people that were trying, you know, we were trying, like white folks were trying to su- like suppress and, and like take the, take power from. So that, you know, like that disowning of pattern and color um, and were, are very much um, part of, <laughs> I didn't, part of that when it comes to art, right? Yeah. Like art, art did that as well. Um, that whole process of colonialization happened through artwork as well. And so it's been interesting, actually, when I started collaborating with um, my my team of guides, I immediately, like my first collaborators that I called in were the Overlighting Deva of Healing and the Overlighting Deva of Sacred Geometry. It was a few years before I realized I left out the overlighting day above color. Oh my mm-hmm. God. And there was like this wave of grief that I had where I was like, oh my God, like this part, huge, like I'm obviously working with color all yes. the time, Yeah. but this yeah. huge wave of grief that, oh my God, I left out color. And, and like when I connected to the overlighting day above color, there was like, I felt that, that Davis like a grief in, in like, in having, in being like, ignored yeah. and then it was another couple years later before I realized oh my god I've left out the overlighting day of pattern yeah. and it was like in that level right like color was like more okay right and it's it's like that colonial mindset like mm-hmm. color is more acceptable than pattern yeah um, and so it was it was that journeying down into myself and like finding like what it was I really and owning what I wrote was I really cared about um that allowed me to like fully collaborate with my you know my full team and like express like that have that freedom to express what I who I am and what I am and what I'll care about in the world um but yeah that was it felt like a, my own little mini decolonial journey within yeah. my process that's amazing I love that insight and I think the insight around colonialism and and it's no secret heavily driven by the patriarchal sort of power structures the dominant sort of masculine energy um, that r- ruled the planet has still is ruling um, in some sense, you know, the structures, it makes sense that like they, you know, there's this sort of aversion to the more feminine qualities of, of culture, you know, 
um, because they, domination is part of that signature, you know? And I think when I, and I think this stuff even transcends ideas of gender. I look at any human being, no matter how you identify yourself, you have masculine and feminine energies inside of you. And I see that the colonialist patriar patriarchal kind of like history that we can't deny has sort of tampered down the feminine in a lot of people, that energy inside and bolstered yeah. the masculine energy. Um, right. And you, and that's what we see sort of reflected in our culture around like these notions of success being a high, hierarchical thing, better than others, you know, mm -hmm. winning sort of thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm getting at? And so I look at like kind of what's happening now is the feminine is coming back. The energy of the feminine is coming back to achieve, achieve balance again within this, the human heart of all beings, no matter again, how you express or identify yourself. Like we have these two qualities in us and we, and both are important and we need to cultivate both those energetic qualities. And so the work you're doing, what I'm interested in, what a lot of artists I'm connecting with are interested in is sort of almost in a way is sort of awakening and bolstering the feminine back into balance with what has been at so out of balance for you could say many many centuries yeah. um does that did does that resonate with you in terms of what you're yeah. seeing yeah absolutely i think that there's a, a major transformation too just within the within how we approach um our connection as artists right mm -hmm. like um that and and it's been within my lifetime that this feels palpable from right now um it feels like that you're creating this podcast and you're reaching out to other people that are focusing on the spiritual and art right um concerning the spiritual and art mm -hmm. it's um like that's um and creating conversation and community between those people with the, with the goal of all these other people, like there's all the people you're interviewing and then all the other people that that will touch and like feeling a connection to that. And like, there's a, there's a generosity and open, you know, openness to that because this is, this is your, the thing that you do and that you care about, but you're not saying I'm, I'm the star, you know, like I have, mm. like I'm doing yeah. this. I want everybody to look at me. You're like, I'm, I love this and I'm going to shine this light all around me. Right. Like yeah. we're going to, that's what I hope for sure. Everybody. Yeah, yeah. That's a big, so, that's a big goal for me. That's, and that's a huge transition, but in, in, um, you know, like that's a, that that's a shift in how we're like, and how we are functioning. And I think that that is a shift um, towards like the divine feminine and recognizing connection. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not about the one it's about like, it's about like, we're, we're going to do this and we're going to do it together. Like yes. this is, and everybody holds a piece of this beautiful puzzle that we're, that we're creating, Definitely. right? Like everybody's you know, like, you're like, you're creating like a, a landscape where there's like this geometry and this connection and like the sort of this, um, oneric dreamlike quality of, of space. It's like, yeah, they're wonderful. Right. Like, and like, it allows somebody to like imagine like kind of feel that quality in the land around them. And then also like, like almost like imagine it, like mm -hmm. as in a, sun, in a sunset or sunrise moment, imagine one of your landscapes, yeah, right? Like yeah. overlaid over it, yeah. which is something I think about with my patterns often. Like when I do a pattern for a place, like imagining that pattern, like over Mount Tahoma, yeah. like when I look at Mount Tahoma, I'm imagining Mount Tahoma's pattern over it because yeah. it's like, it, 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 it 
it energizes that thing, right? Like it becomes like, once you create something, it's a reality that you can engage at any moment. Yeah. Gives you a new level to look at something, you know, new. Le- yeah. it's like your photo manipulation. So, uh, so like you do these like photo kind of collages with your patterns, like, and, and that's sort of almost like doing exactly what you're talking about is giving someone like a different layer of how you might look at the same thing, you know, yeah. there, cause there is so much more happening than we can see with our eyes. We can yes. feel it. We can yeah. feel it, but like, how do we bring that feeling into crystallization of a form? We can, um, we can actually, you know, see before us. And so I love those photos that you're doing too. There's so many layers to like what you're doing. Um, but back to your point about like, sort of like the democratization of like spirituality and art and the sharing, like to me, that is a huge hurdle we have to cross as a culture is get out of this idea of a zero sum game that there's only one winner and everybody else is a loser. You know, it's like, that is the, that is one of our biggest hurdles we have to get over. And that it's like, and I think about it in, in sort of the realm of art, right? There, in some realms, there's a lot of ego, egotism and competition within the art world with between artists, like there's a, there's a competition to sell more or be shown more or do this and that. And I'm like, this is bullshit. Okay. Like we are doing, we are on a team trying to do something bigger than the material outputs that might happen. Yeah. Those are nice. Like, yeah, I have a home. I have to pay for my bills. I have a kid, you know, I have a kid on the way. Like I did get it. I have material responsibilities. Of course there needs to be a level of balance there, but this idea of access and this idea of like bolstering the individual above all is something that needs to dissolve into dust because it is not serving us. And so I, uh, I take this project that I'm kind of beginning as like an opportunity to create that community, this connection between all these artists who might be working a little different, but we're all thinking and opening our heart in the same kind of way. And um, I have, you know, various visions for what we could do with that sort of collectivization of voice and community. Um, but at the very least, it's hopefully exposing people to the fact that like, this is not something about an individual. This is about like this movement. It's a movement. And, um, and, and that's my goal is to highlight this movement that I see where people are becoming more open to expressing their spirituality, their connection, being more open to being vulnerable in that um, through their art making. Because I think a lot of the way our culture was set up, you know, previously didn't create that space for people to do it, you know? Um, and so I appreciate you, you, you picking up on that. And I want to reiterate, you know, that, and I want you, you know, to hold me to that too, because the ego is so slippery, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so it's a constant having a realignment of like intention, you know, to, mm-hmm. to think about the bigger vision that includes all instead of just mm-hmm. one, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I think it's a beautiful um, offering and intention that you've started, started out. And I think that I, I agree that there are a lot of dynamics that, you know, need to be healed in the art world. Um, and it's not, you know, it's not, it's like, that's our, that's our land to work on, right? Like that's our, that's our, what, where we're grounded. Um, but that's like, there's, it's really like, we all are taking care of the, um, where we're at, mm-hmm. you know, like if we, if we all take responsibility where we're at and like heal the, those dynamics within our communities, um, that's, that's our work. Yeah. That's what we have to 
attitude. 100%. Right? Um, and I think that there's, there's always, um, I'm going to bring this back to like really long time ago um, when I said I, there was something else I wanted to respond to, but I think there's always a healing gift that comes out of a, like wherever there's some dynamic. And this is something I learned a long time ago when I was studying energy psychology is when there's a trauma that's stuck in the body, um, it, you can dialogue with it and know a story and know why it's there. And then you, um, as it releases, when you do that intervention, um, there's a, this like a flood of energy comes, you know, like there's all, been all this energy that you've been using to kind of keep that trauma in place. And when it's released, there's all this energy that flows through you that's now available. That's no longer tied up in like containing this thing, you know, like it takes a lot of energy to, to push down that pattern and color, to push down the feminine, to push down our connection to others. Um, it takes a lot of energy in our collectively and in our bodies to do that. Yeah. And when we can heal that thing, when we can start releasing that and heal that thing, there's all this other energy that becomes available to us um, that was, you know, doing this other thing. And, and then there's a healing gift. There's like each, each time I dialogued with that, that part of the trauma, it has like this little, this gift for us. And so when, you know, when you went to Auschwitz and felt that like you had spiritual connection there, I'm sure that land is already in process of healing, right? Like the land is doing that work on its own. Mm -hmm. Humans are doing that work with the land and the more conscious work that we do to help the land heal and, um, and to heal the human trauma that's, that occurred there. Um, I think that that's, you know, like the reason you're able to have that kind of a spiritual experience is that that process is already in, you know, it's in process, yeah. right? Like, I don't, I'm, I, I'm sure it's not done. Like, no, that's why sure. you, felt like you felt like that weight on your skin of it. Right. But there's also, I, I am sure also sure that many people had realizations of what actually mattered in that place, right? Like there were so many people facing death yep. who died in that place yep. that also realized what, what, like what the gift, even the gift of their life in that moment was right. Like, yep. so you were tapping in to the like collective human consciousness and the, the ways that that was transformed in that moment where yeah. there was a healing gift, even in the midst of like the most horrific, horrific thing. That thing yeah. Happened, right. Definitely. Um, that makes a lot of sense to me because, you know, I, 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 it really stayed with me for a while after I was there. Um, and I still, I still contemplate it today, you know, because it is such a meeting point of so many like extremes, you know, mm -hmm. the yeah. extreme potential of the human species to, to um, create suffering and violence. Um, but even in the midst of that, like you said, like some of the stories you hear from people in concentration camps, like that have been passed down about the level of like compassion between people and their like the sacrifice, the level of love, the level of selflessness that came about within people's hearts in these most horrific moments of suffering. They're willing to give their last piece of food to someone else who is suffering mm -hmm. more or who needed it more and willing to take that on. You know what I mean? That kind of energy is there too. The energy of the human spirit to never lose its center for compassion and, and love for mm -hmm. others and its connection to, you know, the universal soul within all. 
um, to me, creates that signature there as well. There's so many competing things happening there. And I think that's what gives it such a heightened palpable feeling when you're there. That's why lots of people are very emotional or crying because of the sorrow of it. And I've definitely felt that too, but I felt so many things, you know? Yeah. And so like that space, because it's now become a sort of memorialized in its museum-like structure because people are visiting it all the time, recounting, reliving the atrocities there in the story in a way that is helping the healing because it's connecting us to like, like you said, like what matters most and like, how do we, how do we get to a point in our humanity and our culture where we are no longer treating each other this way? Um, and sadly, we can see right now in the world stage and various examples that we are still stuck in this notion of separateness and this notion of like ego inflation and um, even the uh, pathologies of the collective consciousness are still running the show in certain parts of the world. And um, I don't know, we have to heal, you know? Um, and so um, that all being said, like you, to your point, like it's, it seems like a big task and it can be, can be overwhelmed by the enormity of that task, but all big tasks are taken down one step at a time, one person at a time, one choice at a time, the choice mm -hmm. for love and compassion over selfishness, you know, mm -hmm. that adds up. And so I think each of us, not only as artists, but any human out there whose ears are open and listening to this conversation, like each of us has a role to play in healing, even if our gift is not necessarily in art making, like, but we have to be able to bring that to the forefront of our intention and the way we live our life. Um, and we look to people like yourself to lead the way by example, you know, so that you can show an example of a different way of living on this planet, a different way of connecting with with the life of this planet, like the idea of connecting to a rock and asking its permission to paint on it, the level of consciousness and awareness to even have that thought cross your mind to ask is something that just changes the whole game of what consciousness is and what it is to be alive and connected in this place. And so I see the solution being this critical mass we have to achieve where people are waking up. And I see Again, I, I have such a limitation on what I can see, but um, I hope and I feel like I'm seeing uh, an awakening happening, a huge wave happening. And I'm hoping that can tip the scale for us in a time where we need it the most, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, so I've been kind of waiting for these changes that are happening right now. Since I was in high school, I read some prophetic works in high school, the um, um, Starseed, the Third Millennium, and Return of the Bird Tribes, Ken Carey's um, work. They were given to me by a, a kind of a friend and mentor, an adult, who thought I would enjoy them. And um, I did very much. Um, so there, um, I've had this I'm knowing in my mind that things were going to change in a big way um, at some point, you know, in the future, around, you know, kind of after 2012, sometime right um and um and it took a little longer than we thought it was going to for those big changes to happen and it looks different than i could ever imagine but like i think my healing my perspective as an as a healer uh, like that that grounding um is that all these waves of of hurt and trauma and 
separation that are coming up, like, you know, all this sort of polarity that's like um, exaggerated polarity. And you were talking about that with Auschwitz too, like that exaggeration of like the, the opposites between that there's something, there's a dynamic, that those are dynamics that are coming up to the surface to be worked through and healed. And it's not going to look pretty, right? Like it's not going to feel, it's not going to feel good and it's not going to look pretty. When I did the healing work, you know, the guided self-healing work, what you have to do to actually like heal a trauma is you, you amplify the sensation um, and you dialogue with that sensation directly. Like, so um, and you ask it what its story is, right? Like, so there's part of this where it's like, we are experiencing the amplification right now, right? Like those symptoms are being amplified so that we collectively can own those dynamics and look at them and understand like, where do, what part of this do I own? What, yeah. where do I do this in my life, whether it's to myself or to others? Like, how do I recognize this pattern that feels so disgusting to me? You know, like when I see it out played out here, it, it, oh, it just makes me cringe. But what, where is it that I do that inside my own, my own body, you know, and, and then healing that aspect, right? Like that's like you, you, they talk about like the personal healing has to come first. It's, it's because you have to do that part that you own, right? That part that you're contributing to this communal dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then you can like, it's like, I, what part about what's inside of me? And then I did it. Like I do this, like these energy forms and um, there's this labradorite net or web that connects all of us to each other. Um, and I dedicate like those parts that are um, those things, those dynamics I'm working with. I work with it inside and then I dedicate it out to all the, you know, all the beings that are, that can receive this healing or that are working with this same thing. Um, And it's, it's like that net connects all the beings that are working to bring forward the divine feminine on earth at this time, through all time, all times, levels, and dimensions. It's like, there's, there's a, anyway. So uh, yes, there's, there's this, um, there's all these waves of, of pain and trauma that are rising and where we really, you know, it's time for us to like take us assessment of what's, what part of it is ours to do that work and to like, and to like, and I think like there's points of connection then, right? Like people are, you, you we're connected through our hard experiences also, right? Mm-hmm. Like we, you're all experiencing this. We're all like working through this hard stuff. And then like, something there's an energy there's that healing gift that's gonna that's coming up through that as well yeah so that's such a good point to uh think about like how to do the work for ourselves like a lot of a lot of times like when we're when we're judging when we're like pointing something out that we see that we don't like that's causing us to have like a reactive response a negative response in like a way that like it informs like our actions to be negative that is a sign we have to look inside ourselves. And that, that means those seeds of that negativity of that particular kind of energy Mm -hmm. is still there. And we have to work on that. It's like what we're react to out there is a reflection of what we're still working on inside, you know? Um, And so we look at certain figures in culture who kind of like are holding the signature of like the, the shadow, you know, Mm -hmm. of the collective unconscious. And like, we're like pointing fingers and want to throw things. We want to, 
inflict violence on these individuals who are kind of embodying the shadow consciousness. But what we really need to do is turn inside and see those qualities in ourselves and, and heal those. I think that's what you're trying to say. And I can totally relate to that because we all are imperfect and we all play this game of like kind of shadows and mirrors with ourselves on the deepest level. You know, we, it's easy to trick ourselves into thinking we're somewhere we're not, you know what I mean? And that's where like the deep work needs to happen. Um, and so it begins by just humility, just recognizing, you know, Hey, I got some work to do and it's okay. And we can work through it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, it's hard though. It's really hard. You know, I find myself, I've been on this journey of like healing and sort of, I guess, awakening, you could say, um, to like my deeper connection to spirit, to consciousness, to the universe, however we want to like articulate it. And it's at first, it's like this feeling of like just love and light all around everywhere. But then you start to trick yourself, you know, and eventually you have to do that hard work where you have to excavate the mud, the shit, you know, and you've got to heal that too. And you got to recognize it. And um, I think of Carl Jung um, a lot in his work in relation to like working with the shadow and the collective unconscious by working with our own consciousness. And um, it's something that I, I try to work on a lot, you know, to recognize my own imperfection and where I still need healing to be done, no matter how enlightened I might tell myself I might feel, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of work to be done. Um, I think that humility is really important in the healing path. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think um, one thing that a theme that's come up with me recently, I just completed a work um, called Receiving Love. Um, that's not the full title, but um, that it's the main part of the intention. Um, and it, um, the piece was mirrored, um, like there were two sides of it. And that was really interesting to me. Um, cause I was, it's doesn't that bilateral symmetry doesn't happen a lot in my work. Mm -hmm. Um, it's usually radial or, or not symmetrical, yeah. um, but it happens sometimes. And, um, and it was very distinctly mirrored and then it made a face and I was like, oh, that's really unsettling because I don't, it's like, I'm not in the business of making faces. So, like, uh, <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, bilateral symmetry often just like goes to, you know, you can't not see a face in it. Right. Yeah. Um, but it was so interesting and um, a bunch of themes came up within it. Um, but the thing I had this realization um, after making the piece and after writing a reflection on it and having a friend write a reflection on it um, was that um, we, you know, so duality has been with us and we think of like, it's like this wound, right? Of this, this wound of duality that's been with us since we individuated from, um, from source, right? Mm -hmm. like, like you become, there's like, there's two, like all, like the proton and the electron, like mm -hmm. there's, there's two, like there's yeah. these positive and negative, right? So we, it's baked in. And I was like, but I had this moment, I was pruning off some hellebore leaves. I'm, I'm a plant geek also. <laughs> um, and, uh, and like, cause you need to like take off the old leaves before the, the flowers come out in the early, early spring or late winter. And, um, I was printing them off and I had, I realized, um, I felt like I was addressing them like they were a problem. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, 
like I just finished this work on, on receiving love. And I was like, Oh, like they're not a problem. I just need to receive the love of this moment. And there's a lot of background work that goes into this, but I was like, Oh, okay. So then I like, and then in that moment, I just saw it. I was like, Oh, this whole duality thing. It was always about having the opportunity to receive love and this infinity loop of like reciprocal, like joyful, loving, like, like giving and receiving love that goes back and forth between two poles. Like, like that's what it's about. It was yeah. about the, the opportunity to build energy between, um, between things. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, there's an infinite number of like variations in the world that I can receive love from. And it's really just like that, like there's this mantra of like, this too is for me, like that really helps me open my heart. That's from um, a a wonderful woman named Leah Garza. Um, And that really has helped me, like just as I'm walking or I'm doing things like this too is for me, I see something and and like, and it allows me to fully open my heart to that thing and, and receive the love of it. Even if it's something that that's causes friction, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I had this conversation with my partner the other day and I was like, I was getting defensive and I was like, Oh, like I need to like receive the love of this moment. Like he, he's looking out for me right yes. now he's to look out for this thing. And I just need to receive that love instead of like defending against this thing that I think he's telling me not to do something. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it really, like that, like that has, I feel like that's like, <laughs> that's like, so I, I'm going to do this collaboration with soul for the rest of my life. And that feels like my spiritual work for the rest of my life. Yes. Like, oh, wow. This is not like the healing, the wound of Dom duality is really about just receiving the love that's, yeah. that's coming from whatever is outside of myself. Right. Yeah. And when I do that, like it, op- it changes everything. Yes. This idea of like acceptance and, and surrender, you know, of letting go, trying to control your ideas of some outcome and to trust in the benevolent energy force of life, you know, that it's guiding you even in the negativity that it's, it's serving you, you know, like the whole saying like no mud, no Lotus, you know, like we need, we need those polarities in order to manifest. Otherwise we would be in pure consciousness all the time. And I think we're here in dualistic form manifesting separate from the one to play out a deeper sort of story that ultimately yeah. raises the vibration of the collective. You know what I mean? And within yeah, that, you, yeah. And that's what makes it interesting and fun in life. What it is, is that we can live it, um, you know? And so I think finding this acceptance and this sense of purpose within the dualistic frameworks is crucial while at the same time not losing sight or connection with the inherent unity of these dualistic frameworks like i'll also I'll often think of like the the idea of like a, just a quarter there's a heads and a tails but it's a quarter you know mm-hmm. yes it has two sides but it's one thing and so mm-hmm. being able to hold these two levels of consciousness i think is it can be challenging when we try to over intellectualize it. But what you're saying is more about surrendering to the feeling of it and trusting in the loving awareness that is emanating from you and the loving energy that is coming toward you and all the things you experience. Like that starts to make a change in the way you move through the landscape, you know, because yeah. you can kind of hold these two competing notions, duality, non duality together. You know what I mean? 
um, and embody yeah. it. It's, it's beautiful. You know, that's what makes life worth living in my opinion. Like if it was all perfect and easy and smooth, um, like what would we be doing here? You know? So there, there's work to be done. And, um, I think that's why what gets me up in the morning is to, to try to hold the, hold the center that I can, you know, and, and hopefully expand that circumference by connecting with others. You know what I mean? And that and it's that connection that expands the whole picture to um, impacting everybody, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Well, I, I really appreciate you um, and the work you're doing. And this has been amazing. I feel like we could just keep talking forever about <laughs> these ideas because we're in total resonance with them. And I think it also is really like, I can't wait to look back through your work after talking to you and really like looking at it with all of these ideas in mind, even though I had the kernels and I uh, seeds of those ideas, but hearing you speak to them has been really just inspiring for me and really reaffirming for me. And I'm, I'm grateful that our paths have crossed and we've been able to share space like this. And I really hope that we can continue to do that in various ways, whether through the virtual space and maybe one day in the 3d realm, you know? Yeah, absolutely. We, I'd love to connect again. Yeah, definitely. So I just want to thank you so much and, um, everybody out there, please, please check out, uh, Leah's work. There's going to be tons of stuff in the, um, show notes, links to her website, uh, um, her Instagram page, um, and any other thing you want me to add to that, you just tell me and we'll add it. So there's all sorts of information we can give to people so they can connect with you and the work that you're doing so yeah absolutely you can find me on at planet paint people on instagram cool that's my website too is planetpaintpeople.com awesome i love it well thank thank you so much i i can't wait to uh to listen back through this episode because we went to a lot of amazing places and there's just wow we did (laughs) amazing things that were shared so thank you for sharing space and, and your time and your energy with me Yeah. Thank you so much, Martin. All right. Take care. Take care. Thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode of Concerning the Spiritual and Art. Um, If you like what you're listening to, please uh, leave a comment. Uh, give me a rating on whatever podcast platform you're you're tuning in on and uh, help me get the word out. Share it with any friends or family, anyone you think might be interested in uh, what I'm doing over here. Super excited to bring a lot more of this content to you. Sending lots of love out to each and every one of you. Peace, y'all.